0: Hello and welcome to Film Photography Podcast, July 15th, 2023. My name is Michael Rosso, and in a few moments, the gang will be rolling in. And today, we're going to be talking about shooting film at box speed. Meaning, you know, you buy a roll of Tri-X black and white, 400 ISO, and you shoot it at 400 ISO. Buy a roll of Ilford HP5, 400, shoot it at 400 Should you shoot at box speed? We're going to find out. But first, just an update on some things going on here at the FPP and in the FPP online store. This past week, we celebrated George Eastman. His birthday was July 12th. Of course, George Eastman, the founder of Kodak. We celebrated by reintroducing Kodak Color Plus 200, it's been out of stock for years. It's a great color 35 millimeter film that has a real retro vibe to it. It's back in stock. So do head over to filmphotographystore.com. And while you're there, we now have Film Ferrania from Italy, P30, the famous black and white P30 in 35 mm and now in 120 and hand rolled. 620, as well as 35mm Film Ferranio or Toe, orthochromatic 35mm film. We're restocked on 16mm and 8mm magazines. So folks who hear the word magazines, you know who you are because you own these cameras. Back in stock. And I want to thank everyone for supporting FilmPhotographyStore.com by purchasing your film and film related items from the FPP, you're supporting the FPP. You're supporting us for the cost for creating the podcast as well as our ongoing school camera donation program where we are able to foot the bill to send cameras all over the country for high school and college classes. Head over to filmphotographyproject.com for the latest on what's going on with the school camera donation program. Hey, we're back. Hey, uh, John, we're, we're in the room with, right. you know, in the room with?
1: Who? The whole gang.
2: What?
3: Hey, gang.
1: Here's a story. This is the most exciting thing that's happening in Ohio right now.
0: Mark O'Brien, Owen McCafferty, hey. Trev Lee behind the iPhone, or is that just Android?
3: Uh, iPhone.
0: Matt. Android. <laughs> Mike, I'm Mike. Hey, Mike. Uh, this is an exciting topic. And it's topics that comes up occasionally. Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Box speed. Perennial. <laughs> what is it?
3: I mean, it's something that we end up telling people, so many people, like, just when it comes to metering and, like, they'll ask how you rate your No, film. but
0: what is box speed, Matt?
1: Oh. <laughs> it's the number on the
3: box. number on the box. Yeah.
0: So but you buy T-Max 400, you shoot it at 400.
2: At or below. Oh, below. oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Barely over.
0: Now, in the last, I don't know, a few years, I get the emails, Trev, Trev's from the Darkroom.com, by the way, and <laughs> I'm sure you get the emails too, no one wants to shoot box speed because there's um, a speed epidemic going on in this country.
1: <laughs> beep, beep.
2: <laughs>
0: there's a uh, problem because of digital, like an epidemic or an obsessiveness about shooting higher ISOs, and this segment's called Box Speed, Take It Away, Trev.
3: I see this most with Portra. Oh. So, like, there'll be people that say, will say, like, Portra 400 is this... is Like, I'll hear someone say Portra 800, right? Mm-hmm. You shoot Portra, you expose Portra 800 as X. Like, say 200. I've heard people literally say that's what you should meter, like set it at, and then you get it developed normally. Which you could probably, I mean, it's such great latitude. Yeah, there's a
2: look that you can get with that. Yeah, but,
3: yeah. there is a definite look you can get from that. But then it's funny where I'm like, then if the box speed for 400, if that—if that's lower than what the 400 is, what's 400 Then it's 160? You're shooting at one ISO? Like, joking around, like, what does it get to when it gets to 160? And a lot of times you realize that people have a hard time with metering or consistency In their results because they are underrating their film getting it developed normally where you could get similar looks just in metering and have a full understanding of your of your exposure and what you're getting like say you like the light and airy look of portrait 400 shot at 100 all you'd have to do is open up two stops in metering and then there's that overexposure without having to think like oh there's backlight there's side light because yeah. you could overexpose your film by two stops, but then there could be side light and then you're in trouble. On yeah, because now everything's way over. Yeah. yeah. So it just depends on how, like, backlit overexposed two stops can work really well. Mm-hmm. It just depends. Front lit, it could be bad.
1: Back when we had Popular Photography magazine, what I used to like was they'd have someone, they would take any film emulsion that had just come out and they would exhaustively test it, and they would have all these color charts and showing mm-hmm. you exactly what you would get, different ISOs. Mm-hmm. And that today what happens is on the interwebs, people will make some proclamation, oh, you can't shoot that film unless you do X, without anything to back it up, except that's what, that's what they heard from somebody. Trust me, bro. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. But I, but I, did, I do think that there, there's a reason films shoot at box speed. What the hell?
2: It's it's a much better way to just start with a film especially if it's brand new. Like if yeah. you don't know this film so I just right. I, you know I just bought this pro pack of T-Max 400. Let's pretend I haven't shot 800 rolls of this. I'm probably going to shoot them all at 400. Get to know it. Yeah, right. See what it looks like because you're not going to know how you feel about it until you've seen it at the best case scenario. You're you're going to be on the back foot if you start doing crazy mm. things like way underexposed. It's great. I'm so psyched that you saw that blog where somebody pushed it, Where you watched Addict... Has anybody ever watched Addict Darkroom? Mm-hmm. The YouTube channel is another another set of hands, Mike. No no face on the YouTube channel. Oh, Attic. good. Yeah. Should be no faces on YouTube. <laughs> I agree. I <laughs> agree. So Attic Darkroom, he'll do all sorts of crazy experiments with, with film, you know, like taking... HP 5 to like uh, 12,800 but that's fun
0: that's like a fun it's project fun. to do for a it's video yeah, but yeah the problem
2: exactly. is somebody watches that and goes oh, oh that's I what I'm do supposed that. to do yeah I'm gonna do or, it on a sunny day or that's what I should do with it yeah. so yeah. if you're just now yeah. starting with film or you're looking at where to start with that film start at or around box speed.
1: So you would shoot it at 400 and then look at your results and go, oh, I could probably overexpose that a little bit more. Or, yeah. Oh, I should you can do that in
3: metering it. too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, so yeah, just mm-hmm. uh, shoot it at different box speed, but shoot it for different... Cool. And you, you can
2: bracket along the
1: exposure.
0: Bracket. Yeah. Yeah. What about you. the folks Jeez. who like for their whole life shot Tri-X 400 and you, you never even think to deviate from Tri-X, like from 400. Like mm-hmm. they're smart. Oh, you <laughs> yeah. So this topic... So maybe I've been tricked by the topic. <laughs> so, Trev, do you encourage people to stray, or do you? Are you saying people should just shoot box speed? Damn it!
3: Box speed is the safest bet. It's gonna. It's. I mean, that's what it's designed to be at yeah. for the most part. Like we do. We. You brought up pushing, Matt. Yeah. Like we post and talk about pushing, but if you look at our blog, if you look at our blog about pushing, the first. One of the first sentences is basically, like, while we always encourage to shoot box speed, there are situations where you might want to push your film. It could be creative reasons. It could be that you want more grain. You uh, want more contrast. Matt, you and I have
0: talked about this in the past. You see, yeah. before digital, when there was, everyone was shooting film because there was no choice – these are all professional decisions. Right. Someone uh, shows up with their Hasselblad to, to an event, mm-hmm. and they're in a situation where they have to make critical decisions to work with their lab to get the best image. And they will say, "I had to, I had to shoot at 800 ISO because mm-hmm. of this situation. That's all I had, yeah, it was practical.
3: Yeah, yeah. So if I've said, like, there's, like, the creative side, like, if you want a certain look, but then there is, like, what you're saying, like, the practicality side, like, if you're taking photos in really low light, you don't have a high ISO film, or you don't have a flash or really fast glass, whatever it may be, there are situations where pushing the film will help, but pushing film doesn't mean that like, I think a lot of magic. Yeah, yeah, it's not magic. And a lot of people think that you're going to push your film. They will see good results from pushed film. They're like, that will make it better. Yeah. But that's not actually the case. It increases your contrast. Typically Uh. it can be way more unforgiving. The other thing is, is that people oftentimes I talk about this in our, like have to respond to this probably once or twice a month where someone will shoot, say, HP5 at 800 and then they which I would much rather push HP5 HP5 than Triax cuz HP5 is lower contrast it it does push well if you have to compared to Triax can be kind of punchier more forgiving but anyways they will meter, they still, like they'll, they're underexposing it by shooting at 400, one-stop underexposure. But then on top of it, a metering topic, they'll meter for the wrong spot in the photo. Mm. That one-stop push won't even really make that big of a difference. And then that one-stop push also increases the contrast. So for it's, everything else, it yeah. Unforgiv- it, oh. It's even more unforgiving oh. for the mistake they made in metering.
0: So are right. you saying that there's a mentality that some folks thinking that shooting – and I see a lot on the on on social about shooting like HP five at sixteen hundred. Mm-hmm. Do people shoot it from the wrong perspective, thinking that they'll get better photography? Well, do you know what I'm saying? Because they've seen it on social media.
3: Well, a good, good example. Oh.
0: And or do people send their film to the darkroom dot com and think that because they choose super scans, that that will also <laughs> don't be in serious will yeah. also make up for it. Yeah. improve make up for? Yeah, do you know what I'm saying?
3: Maybe. I mean, two examples of two people I know that do the HP5 two stops at 1600 is Jason and Caleb. Yep. Um, who are these guys? Have...
2: Greeny Days great and, days and uh, Bad, bad yeah.
0: on YouTube. On YouTube, okay. Yeah. Uh, Look, I know who they are. I'm just yeah. people listening, Caleb Canovan
3: and <laughs> Jason Kummerfeld. I think I'm saying yep. that right. Uh, oh, and are, they're known as
0: YouTube superstars. They're, they are What's awesome YouTube?
3: people. That, <laughs> and the great photographers, the... They both like pushing HP five in thirty five millimeter, uh, two stops. Okay. But they're they're clearly doing it for a it's a look. For a look. Yeah. So like that's where I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Now if someone is like that's how I should always shoot it, that's not the case. They know how to meter well. They're not like underexposing it all the time, like like they might make a mistake every once in a while. But like the other reason why I know that Caleb does it is he scale focuses often, and he knows that he could push it and then actually scale focus. Right. helps your hit rate. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, so, stop.
2: Yeah. What's 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 scale focus, Matt? Scale focus. So like if you have a it's really helpful on manual focus glass, a lot of glass will give you little aperture, uh, little aperture scales, and along that aperture scale. As I start moving my my f-stop up, so I'm going from f28 to like f8 here, my scales on my focus are showing me now I can focus anywhere instead of a very specific tiny depth of field. Anywhere from now, I don't know, 10 to 15 feet, and you'll be in focus. focus. Yeah. So I can kind of get it right there. Amazing. Yeah.
1: How did you come to that conclusion of ten to oh, 15 so,
2: feet? so this lens actually has these scales that when I change or topic it hijack. It, <laughs> no, <this is> great. <laughs> so when I move these scales on here, or I move the aperture, those scales will open and close oh, along with no my. Shiz. It's a good way to preview my depth oh. of field. And a lot of lenses will have those little markers there, just, and mm-hmm. the, yeah, the, range, Nikon, yeah, the range. Yeah, Canon. Yeah, the range depends on you know your lens. Oh. This
0: all topic this is all going to lead back to one Mark O'Brien topic that will be coming up in future episodes which is it's called read a book. <laughs> no, I'm serious. So you are talking about guys that are shooting, you know, HP5 400 at 1600, but they have all the the knowledge down of There's a reasoning. There's yeah. a reasoning for yeah. it.
3: Yeah, when we post on the darkroom, like we have a lot of followers and we try to explain that the the best base is to start at 400 or box speed, whatever mm. the ISO is and because there'll be a lot of people that know really like know what they're doing and they'll be like, Oh, this is the results I got from pushing or the other the other issue is terminology. So a lot of people will say, I pushed my Tri X four hundred when they just one hundred. <laughs> no, no, what I'm saying oh. is they'll say I pushed it two stops oh, to one not... hundred and we're like, no, that's just an overexposure. A push happens in development. Yeah. You're gonna confuse us, your lab, whoever, because you're only doing a push to compensate typically for an underexposure. Like, so if you're shooting four hundred ISO at one hundred, it's just an overexposure. And of course there's the yeah, and then there's a the pull, <laughs> which I actually think a pull technically is the most practical of all of them sometimes depending on the film. Like if it, – it, I have done it in, you know, like to reduce contrast in certain scenes, but it's still – it's not nearly as common. Do you ever
0: encourage customers or can a customer get their film developed normal and then the push-pull happens in a scan?
3: No. No, I mean we can make corrections. Corrections in a we scan. We can make corrections yeah. on under – like, it's easier for color negative film, but black and white can be pretty brutal if they under... Like, it's best to get it so, right in camera. So,
0: the darkroom.com doesn't need to know push-pull. They just want to know, what ISO did you shoot this roll at? And that will tell them what...
3: Uh No, I mean, if they're ordering on... Yes and no. If they're yeah. ordering online, yeah. it will say... It will give them the push options. If they don't... And I we have a push chart like a scale that says, like, if you have this box speed and you shot it at this, that's that amount of push. So we'll let them know. They could email us and we could tell them. But they have to write the push amount on the roll itself Okay. so we know from the other ones. Mm -hmm. And then they also have to select that in ordering.
1: This
0: may be a strange question. Are the customers who shoot various ISOs on one roll?
3: Oh, yeah. No, for real. No, well...
0: I never even think about it. I just thought about it. No, thought. there are people
3: that will do that, and then there also will be some people that accidentally do it where they forget to change the ISO, and they're like, should I? And depending on what it is, sometimes we're just like keep it there and we'll correct it in development based right. off of that, or else if you change it, then we can't correct it. We only correct half of that rule. Um, the other the other time, I only time I ever recommend people really... The practical side of changing the ISO is if you have a fixed exposure camera, mm-hmm. then you can do that. Like like I was shooting with a Lomo LCA, mm-hmm. which is an auto camera, the one twenty one I was shooting with, and I would change the ISO. It's the only way to change exposure. Yeah, yeah, as a exposure compensation, but that's that's a whole that's kind of complicated right. for some people to yeah. think about. So don't like it. Do you
0: yet. think film shooters bracket these days? Of course, bracketing is you're shooting at one exposure, then you open up one stop, and then you close down one stop. I
2: do all the time. Outside of my black and white intro class, not so much. Okay. <laughs> I don't see a lot of bracketing. I do see some folks that will, you know, uh, maybe like in the large format world, they'll take two sheets. Ah, okay. And they might, that second sheet, they'll do at, or maybe they'll open up a little bit. Okay.
1: But very, very seldom I see it. Right. So. I bracket when I use those low ISO films. Okay. And I always, almost always go increase the exposure rather than decrease it. Okay.
3: Yeah, so same.
2: Why same. don't
1: people bracket?
2: Are people not
3: bracketing because they they just expensive. fix it in post? I, I no, think it's it is, ex- It's a fear
2: of expense. Yes. Oh, it's expensive.
3: Okay. Yeah. Shooting
0: too many frames, and like just shooting too much.
3: Yeah, what I recommend, if there's a shot that you really want, it's not moving, it's staying the same, is like take – your can't like meter, which the safe bet, the neutral, and then open up a stop. Like, mm-hmm. what you're saying, like, I always like your thing went in to help blow it out, so yeah. always give it an extra stop. But if I'm shooting slide film, then that's a different thing. But for negative film, I, I, we see it in bracketing in two, but not like bracketing. By no like no threes two. or fives yeah. anymore. Oh, yeah. There's very yeah. little of that. So, yeah. so no using
2: pack film first to, to see what yeah. <laughs> the exposure is. Remember those days? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Traditionally, a studio, yeah. Matt, you'd use Polaroid. Still uh, does that. Use a Polaroid.
2: Really? Yeah, he just bought five more packs of FP100C the other day. Oh What's no, what is source? Huh? Where's he getting those from? Mystery source. Never heard okay. of. Okay, Mike, I have a confession to make. Yes, I pushed. A roll of film for the first time in almost a decade and it was that 16 mil I sent in from Christmas oh because there was one corner so I was shooting everything was great I'd metered it out because I was using the FPP black and white 400 we went all natural lit. I didn't bring any extra lights so I everything was perfect I was just gonna shoot everything at f2 because all my lenses go to at least f2 yeah one of them was at 1 4 but there was a darker corner near near where people were opening up Christmas presents near the tree, and I looked at it and I brought I took my little my little Raveni meter over and it was telling me like F one uh oh yeah I don't I don't know what I can do, so now you have a decision to make all my the first two minutes of that two minutes and forty five seconds that I have on the roll of sixteen mil is exposed properly for four hundred. This last little bit I want to see see what i can see if i can get anything any usable detail pushing doesn't magically save your shadows it just cranks up the contrast it's like going into photoshop and you move the contrast slider plus 50 points that's all it is so your highlights and your midtones go up i sent the film in we did the push looks great all the footage before it's a little bit like it's a little bit softer it's a yeah. little bit more you know it's a little bit more crushed cuz everything's like but it looks good yeah wow and you you were shooting 250D is that what you said no I was shooting the FPP 400 black and white oh black and white so it's like a traditional black like old school black and white Christmas yeah I think it's important to note too these people on
1: YouTube that you're talking about grainy days they probably do a lot of trial and error before they they they've shot a
2: few frames yeah yeah
3: so it's not
1: like oh look I did this and look what happened
2: right the power of editing Yes. yes
3: yeah and the other thing too you were talking about pushing when you were talking about pushing if you're going to push black it's black and white uh, for yeah, that was part. negative film yeah.
2: yeah yeah most of the time it, because that's black and white films they don't all have the same it's not like c41 where they all have the same time and temperature mm-hmm. black and white has some variations so these notes are really really good to make for, for your lab
3: well yeah and we we do push a lot of color negative film but we don't what i'm more saying is i don't recommend it unless you really want that look because you know there's color shifts yep. with that type of thing that's where like Push box speed is so much more better to s- stick with if you can with color than comparing black and white.
0: So wrapping it up, box speed. Correct me up if up I'm wrong. Box. Try X four hundred, four hundred ISO. Shoot fewer, Shoot box speed to get to look at your photography. See what things are looking like before. Start pushing. Start, start like thinking about making alternatives. Yeah, and if you
3: want it brighter, if you want, you just do that metering. Like you open up the metering.
0: And Matt, I mean, I don't have to tell you, but I will tell you. Yeah, the world of black and white photography. Oh my God, it's just so fascinating because of grain structure. Mm-hmm. Can't I don't tell Mark O'Brien either chemistry you're using alters the 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 way it looks this is just the tip of the iceberg yeah it's like like it's like it's
2: mind-blowing yeah but you can reverse it all time yeah if you take that time and establish that baseline because like you said every film has a different characteristic if you don't know it at its starting point at at some point you're gonna get a look and you're not gonna know if that's your fault Mm. or if that's because the film's awesome yeah Yeah, exactly so it's just a really really good idea and i know folks at home you're like oh these guys they're, they're selling us film. Of course they've got access to film. Film is pricey, but you're giving yourself the best chance yeah. starting there at box. I haven't deviated on any of this expensive color stuff yet. It's like, yeah. it's too risky. Yeah. you got to shoot it. Yeah. So black and white,
0: choice of what how you shoot it, how you expose it. Mm-hmm. Development, developer, if you're doing it at home. Developer using and the time you develop your mm-hmm. film alters the way it looks. And then if you're even printing agita- it, agitation. then it's even more mind-blowing yeah. how you print it.
1: Yeah. Right. If you're scanning it versus you know, optical printing and yeah. and all that, it's a huge so difference. So many variables. Yeah. And yeah. also, I think, and I've told people this many, many times, if you really want to go down a rabbit hole, black and white is really where it's at. Because yeah. there's so many different choices and,
3: and filters.
1: places you can go with it. Digital can never match that. Nope.
0: Well, um, this is a topic that I'm sure we will return to at some time. Yeah. Soon. Easily. Five minutes. And we'll, <laughs> and we'll be right back. Well, until next time. That's it. Pass the Buckeyes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, see you guys, uh, I'll see you folks soon. Okay.